I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. It is a Tuesday morning and 17 degrees outside here in Seattle. Cold, but it's sunshiny. I think everybody's kind of stuck in the house. And for those in the Midwest that say we don't know how to drive, I'll give you the keys. You try to make it up my hill. I wish you well. But anyways, tomorrow's signing day. We just want to do a, a quick recruiting podcast. And just keep in mind, it's about 9.30 on Tuesday morning. So things that we say here could change by 10 o'clock. So, uh, you know, the beauty of recruiting, it's fluid and things can change overnight. Uh, been pretty calm so far, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the early signing period and things like that, it, it has really kind of made National Signing Day what we all knew and have kind of grown up going with. Uh, it, I don't want to say it's made it irrelevant because obviously there's some really good players still available, but um, it's it's taken a lot of the drama out of it because a lot of the drama now happens in the beginning of December. During football season. <laughs> During football season as we're trying to get ready for a bowl game. And in the middle of basketball season as well. Uh-huh, Exactly. <laughs> Makes it real, real fun. Yeah, beginning of December is just a fun time for us. But uh, some a couple of recruits will be announcing on ESPN tomorrow. Washington after a couple more guys as well. And some preferred walk-ons also making their decisions shortly that have scholarship offers elsewhere. But I think the one that everybody's kind of hanging on the edge for right now, Scott, and waiting to hear about is Henry To'o To'o. Tell, yeah. people, tell people about Henry To'o To'o. Yeah, the linebacker out of uh, De La Salle, big physical kid. Everybody in the country wanted this kid. Um, Stanford, USC, UCLA, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, Clemson, Washington, all those schools. You know, schools in the top 25, basically he could have gone anywhere in the country. And and uh, he's a guy who could play inside or outside. Washington has him projected as an outside guy, but they could move him anywhere and he would be successful. Um, it's right now a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth between Washington, Alabama, Tennessee, the Tennessee guys all say that Tennessee is out of it. So it's down to Washington and Alabama, Alabama. Um, you know, I think they feel pretty confident that they're going to get him, but everything I'm hearing is it is not a done deal to Alabama. And I, and I truly believe that Washington is more in this than a lot of people believe they are from a national standpoint. I've talked to a few people in the area um, that are close to his situation, and they said that they thought that Washington was going to be the choice, and they believe that it's already been chosen, that, that he's already committed to them. So we'll just have to wait and see. Nick Saban had the last in-home visit. That was on, I believe, Thursday last week that he came in and did an in-home visit. Washington did their in-home visit earlier in the week. I believe it was Tuesday, possibly Wednesday. Or no, I think that was Wednesday. So, um, you know, Washington is right in the middle of this for one of the top linebackers, not only on the right. West Coast, but in the country. Tosh Lupoy, who uh, the former defensive coordinator at Alabama, is an alma mater. Uh, you know, he went to De La Salle High School, and he was running points on the uh, recruitment of Henry To'o how much impact does that have uh, having Tosh not at Alabama? I, I think that's what really kind of opened the door for Washington to get in there because I think his relationship with Tosh, we, we all know how Tosh formed those relationships with kids up here at the University of Washington in the couple of years he was here. He was able to flip um, Shaq Thompson from Cal when he moved over from Cal. 
Shaq Thompson wanted to be with Tosh Lapoy, and he really does a great job of letting these kids know, hey, I'm going to take care of you. I'm your big brother out here. Don't worry about it. Just come up here, be a part of what we're building here, and I will look out for you and make sure you are taken care of. And a lot of people, that is very undersold. If anyone ever met Tosh Lapoy, you'd go, this guy was one of the top recruiters in the country because he is just not a guy who you would ever think he doesn't have a gregarious personality or anything like that, but he relates really well to some of these kids who um, maybe even have good families, but they're going to be far away from those families. So he's really able to sell that to the kids. And he's also able to sell it to the kids who don't have great families. And, and Hey, we're a family here. You come in, be part of this and you're going to be taken care of. So I think it's more of a factor than a lot of people understand a kid from, you know, with poly ties granted, Tua Tongo-Vailoa is out there, and they, they've been recruiting a lot more of the Islander kids. But that is a long way to go for a kid from Scott, the Bay Area. Scott, with, um, I, I believe the number 13, 13 Polynesian kids, poly guys already committed and signed at Washington and Akaika Malloy. How big of an impact is that? Well, you know, Akaika is, is, has been a big reason why Washington has been able to get in there and, and do those things. Jordan Pow Pow is also... Uh, has been a big factor in the Islander side of things um, as well. And then the the Husky coaches have really embraced it. Chris Fetters did a great job on an article this morning about why Washington was able to do so well out in the islands. I would, I mean, Kim, I mean, you, you've kind of been around this for a long time. Has Washington ever done better in the state of Hawaii than this year? Well, yeah, but you also have to understand what a lot of people don't understand. Hawaii runs in cycles. Sometimes there's only two or three guys over there, and then there's years like this. So, um, Well, they, they but, do. Yeah, they, they have done well. But what I'm saying is in a yeah. year when everybody was out there, Washington oh. still crushed it out there. Oh, they there. killed it. They yeah, killed and, it. and a lot of that is due to Chris Peterson. And the direction of the program, then you throw in a Kaika Malloy to accentuate that and get get Washington in the door. Jordan Pow Pow in some of these areas as well. Washington has done a really good job with these Polynesian kids, and and it is pretty amazing to see the culture transformation at the University of Washington and how just, it's really impacting these poly kids. Just read the article that uh, Chris Fetters did, and it'll give you a little bit better understanding. Um, Scott, when we talk about, you know, guys like Henry Toto, I think we're seeing another shift in the way recruiting works where, you know, um, it used to be where, um, when we first started this, you know, kids would be more than happy to answer their phone. And we've gone through that stage now where kids don't answer their phone. They're putting everything out on Twitter, but, uh, guys like Henry Toto, I think we're starting to see guys where they're even trying to control the message even more by, They've completely shut down all communications with all the media. Oh, definitely, and it's it's been tough. I mean, there hasn't been one person who's done an interview with Henry To'o To'o unless they saw him at the Army All-American game. and Or, I'm sorry, not the Army All-American game, just the All-American game uh, now. But, you know, it, it is tough, you know, to get a hold of some of these kids. So you got to rely on your sources, guys who are trainers, coaches, um, people close to the family, maybe even some family members. So just got to work those phones and, and do what you do. It's made our job harder, but it's also more interesting. It kind of weeds out the people who, um, you know, aren't good at developing sources. Yeah. Um, when we talk about, you know, going dark, um, Daniel Hamule, uh, another kid who was expected to visit Washington prior to the initial signing day, but his team 
went to the finals in uh, California State Championship game, so he had to cancel his official visit. Expected to be a heavy Washington lean the entire way. He's also announcing tomorrow. Henry Oto is announcing tomorrow on ESPN. Is that correct, Scott? Yes, I yes, I, I you know I'm I'm not remembering the time. I think it was one o'clock, maybe twelve thirty. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yes. Okay. And Daniel Hamuli is also announcing tomorrow. Yes, he is announcing tomorrow. I don't know if that's on ESPN though. Okay, uh, tell people a little bit about Daniel Hamuli. Yeah, Daniel Hamuli. You know, uh, Kim, you mentioned that they made a run to the state title. They actually won the state title, so it was the first one in Menlo Atherton history. Uh, I talked to Noah Nagalu, his teammate who's already committed and signed with the University of Washington. He said that um, it was a great experience to be able to go and do that and be part of it, but um, it did kind of stink because they, you know, Daniel wasn't able to get up to Washington or to Oregon, which is the other school that he wanted to visit um, before the mid-year signing period. So then he pushes it back until um, he visits Oregon. I believe it's the first weekend he could go out and visit uh, once the new year hit. And then he went to the Poly Bowl, spent a lot of time palling around with all the Washington kids that were out there. There were a lot of them out there, including Asa Turner, who hadn't actually recommitted to Washington yet. And then uh, he takes his visit to the University of Washington, loves it, and was supposed to take other visits. And guess what? He's canceled those visits. So Washington, I believe, is going to end up getting him, and he is a heck of a linebacker. Middle linebacker can go sideline to sideline. Washington needs middle linebackers. He's a perfect fit in their system. Hey, Scott, do me a favor, would you? What? Could you, could you call Daniel this afternoon and see where he's going? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't even tried that yet. You're right. Lazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of other guys. Jaden Williams, uh, the defensive back. Tell people about Jaden Williams. Yeah, I'm real. It's his situation is really interesting. Washington didn't offer him until late in the process. Part of the reason was because he made a move from a different school. Another reason was because he had some academic things he had to take care of. He has taken care of those things, and it sounds like Washington has done a really good job of just staying in his ear and making sure that they uh, that he knows that they like him a lot. They brought him in on a visit the uh, second to last weekend when they, it was their last visit weekend but it was the second last weekend of official visits that could could happen and uh you know they they let him know that we like he has a cornerback he's going to be able to redshirt here at the university of washington i think that's something that uh with his academic situation i think he might be a borderline qualifier so they they have this thing called an academic qualification uh, qualifier kind of thing and and they they make them academically redshirt uh, while they still practice with the team. So um, we'll see what happens. I, I like Washington in this, but really, I you know, I made my prediction yesterday. I've gone back and forth since making this prediction, but I predicted USC because I think the location is going to play a huge role for him. He grew up wanting to go to the University of Southern California, and I, I really think that that's going to end up uh, being the deciding factor for him. But if not, Washington is right there, and I think Washington could reel him in. But at this point, I'm still going to say USC with Washington as a dark horse. Another guy I'd like you to call this afternoon, and just because his phone hasn't been ringing much, can you, can you call Kyle Ford? the wide receiver and just kind of find out what's going on. Yeah. I mean, Washington has been out of it for Kyle Ford for a while. There was still some thinking that USC are that uh, Oregon could flip him from USC, but right now USC's locked him in. And from everything I've heard, he's told USC I'm coming. Don't worry about it. We're all set. Could be a major shock. Uh, I mean, anything is possible with, you know, 17 year old guys, but uh, yeah, I don't see it happen. I think he's locked in. 
you know, with Washington, if they were to strike out a couple of these guys, they, uh, oh, we forgot to talk about Puka Nakua. Yeah, Puka Nakua, the wide receiver out of Orem. Actually, I, I and I'm, I could be wrong on this, but he was the number one wide receiver from a statistics standpoint. He had something like um, 105 receptions for 2,600 yards and like 28 to 30 touchdowns. I mean, just a ridiculous number of touchdowns and receptions and yards. I mean, he put up huge numbers this year. Really talented kid. Washington was in on him early. They kind of backed off a little bit. I think there were some concerns about uh, just how much he was really interested in coming to the University of Washington. So Washington kind of pulled back on him a little bit. And then the door opened when they got Brew McCoy and Kyle Ford was pretty much a lock to go there or a lot of people thought that so he kind of opened things back up Washington got their foot back in the door and then they had him up for a visit the second to last weekend when they had Daniel Haymuli, Jaden Williams, Noah Nagalu, a lot of these big time guys that Washington is trying to wrap up late they brought him in as well and uh, he's gone quiet you know he visited uh, UCLA and he visited Oregon over the last five days he's got a lot to think about I think it's a Washington Oregon battle and at this point, I think it's a toss-up. You know, he's still committed to USC. I don't think he ends up at USC. It's Washington or Oregon. And I put it out yesterday that I think Washington's going to get him. And I'm sticking with that at this point. You said he went quiet. He talked to TMZ, Scott. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when uh, UCLA brought him out of that restaurant. So a um, lot of things happening as far as, uh, you know, inventive ways of getting in these kids heads and that that was definitely one of them because it's pretty obvious that that was a setup yeah to me that you know just that you know uh tmz paparazzi talking to chip kelly and pukanakua just happens to be there and yeah weird yeah strange how that works down there la you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, kyle patterson people have been asking about kyle patterson the big tight end uh it uh, looks like Washington um, is out of it. looks like Kyle's made his decision already. Yeah, and, and when you say Washington's out of it, Washington literally pulled back on this. Um, they, they were all in on him early on, and he didn't make an early decision. And I think Washington was kind of happy about that because I think they were able to start pushing for Henry To'o To'o instead. Granted, okay, Henry To'o To'o was going to have a spot with Washington no matter what. But it gets real complicated because even if he would have had a spot no matter what, they were focused on Daniel Hamuli, getting him reeled in. And I think they would have tried, they were pretty much done because they would have taken Kyle Patterson. But then I think they started to prioritize things. They found out Henry wasn't 100% to Alabama, especially with Tosh Lapoy leaving. And so that reopened up things. And so Washington had to prioritize who they were going to have room for and who they were going to take. And I think that's why they pushed Kyle Patterson off a little bit. He took a visit to Air Force uh, the first weekend of January. And his sister goes there. And I think he wants to go there and be a pilot. I think if Washington had pushed really hard and wanted to get him, they would have brought him in. But um, I think they prioritized things and said, hey, we could bring in a good, you know, a decent tight end who we could build up, or we can bring in a sure thing linebacker where, and at a spot that we absolutely need a, a stud player. And so I think Washington just said, Kyle Patterson, you can head to Air Force if you want because we're pretty sure that's where he's headed. And they decided to move on and, and really focus on Henry To'o To'o, and that's, I think, the way things are going. If they don't get To'o To'o, I guess there's always the possibility that Kyle Patterson could wind up a univer- at the University of Washington. And at this point, I think it's Air Force for him. 
lack of a tight end in this class. Any concern about that? Um, you know, I, I get people saying it's ridiculous that we don't have a tight end in this class, but when you, when you talk about Kate Otten, talk about uh, Jacob Kaiser, you talk about Justice Warren, I, I know that I believe he's a senior this year or a redshirt junior, whatever he is. Then you, then you have um, uh, Devin Culp in the wings. You don't need one in this class. And Hunter, Hunter Bryant. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I, I forgot about the number one guy on the roster. So, you know, they've got enough bodies. Now, Hunter Bryant's probably gone after this year unless something weird happens. Um, and, um, you know, with Justice Warren, I, who you know, he, they, they kind of use him in a lot of different ways. But Jacob Kaiser, Kate, uh, Kate Otten both had really good seasons this year, last year. I think they're nice and versatile guys. Devin Culp is a talented kid who just needs to really get the uh, feel for the position. You don't need a tight end in this class. Would it have been nice to get one? Yes. You always want to have that pipeline full because if you don't take one, then all of a sudden now you're getting ready to start a freshman when he's not ready because you're thin at a position. So you want to, you want to make sure your pipeline is full, but I think – when they looked at it, they said, we don't like Kyle Patterson enough to take him over a guy like Henry To'o. To'o. If, they, if they strike out on a couple of guys, there's a couple of uh, preferred walk-on offers out there. And one of the guys that I've liked for a long time, um, you know, shot up the charts late, started getting offers, Utah, UCLA. Drew Fowler, very, very productive All-State player from Bellevue. There's a chance that uh, Drew Fowler may be able to slip in there and get an offer at linebacker from the University of Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I just you know that's such a good question because it, it really it would mean that I'd need to be in Washington's war room, and I'm not. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I guess yes, there is a possibility he's talented enough to play at the University of Washington. I just don't know if you want to take a guy that late that you don't that you weren't absolutely in love with i think you you love every aspect of him uh from a leadership standpoint from a locker room standpoint uh instinct standpoint i just don't know if he's as athletic as they want their middle linebackers to be that being said i think they there's a decent chance they could they could come around and and decide to offer him i mean Utah had basically told him that they see him as a Chase Hansen type, you know, and that kid is a heck of a player. So, um, you know, if he if he could turn into that kind of a player, Washington definitely needs to get in on him. But at this point, I think Washington would take him as a preferred walk-on, let him earn a scholarship, or they'd, they'd just put it in their back pocket and take it for another year. At this point, if Washington doesn't offer, I think Utah's the one that gets him, but we'll have to see. Cole Thomas is the son of former Husky lineman Garth Thomas. He started off at Bellevue, went to Bishop Blanchett. He's also expected to announce his decision uh, tomorrow on signing day. Has an offer from Utah State. Can't remember where else, but he's got a couple. Texas of other... Tech, Texas Tech, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's definitely interested in the preferred walk-on option at Washington as well. Yeah, and at this point, I'd still, I'd be a little surprised if he chose anywhere but the University of Washington. I know he has Utah State, Texas Tech, and. He visited, I think he visited Texas Tech uh, last weekend. So there's always a possibility that he could just say, hey, at the scholarship, I'm going to take it. But he has always wanted to be at the University of Washington. He's a legacy there. Washington has laid out a plan and said, here's how you can earn a scholarship. And so I think he's going to do do his best to take that. The, the thing about taking a preferred walk-on offer from 
the bet from the team that you always wanted to be a part of, the, from the school you always wanted to go to. The thing about taking that is, if you think you're getting screwed over, if you think that that this is not going to work out like you thought it was, you can put your name back in that transfer portal now, and uh, and possibly be a quote unquote free agent out there. So. Um, I think he might take the chance and see what Washington has to offer and then think that, hey, if I develop like I think I'm going to, there will be other opportunities if Washington doesn't come around. And the thing with Cole Thomas, I think that a lot of people are missing. I don't think it's about uh, football for Cole Thomas. I think it's about the academics. That's a uh, big bro- thing. His, his next 40 years. I mean, that's what a lot of these kids are saying is four years for the next 40 years. He's a high academic kid, high, high, high academic kid, great family, and uh, the education, um, to me, with Cole, seems like it may be more important than the football option, where football is something he wants to do, but the academics are more important, and that's where the lure of paying for school at Washington, you know, with that better education, than not paying it and not having the education and just being a football player down at Utah or Utah State or a TCU. Texas yeah, Tech, I mean, Texas so. Tech. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's probably the way it's going to go. But you know, it's so unpredictable at this point. At this point in time. Yeah, just kind of uh, one of those times. It's kind of a weird time for us because the only guys left on the board have all gone completely dark. But you know, um, if you're listening to uh, Blair Angulo, uh, Brandon Hoffman, Greg Biggins, for these guys that are outside the area, they're the best connected. They keep us in the loop. But uh, you know, I guess we're going to find out tomorrow. Yes, we'll we'll find out where almost all these go. There's some rumors that Pukanukua may. Uh, wait a day or two before he makes his decision, but I'm not there yet. I, I think he's going to decide tomorrow and just have it be done with. Anything else we need to go over, Scott? Um, you know, not. there's not a lot. You know, we got the we got spring football coming up in, in uh, April, um, and I, I'm, you know, I think a lot of Husky fans are pretty excited about that, especially when they get to see more of uh, – Jacob Eason under center and things like that. Although one thing I want to prepare people for, he will not take the first snap with the number one unit. Well, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that because how much time are they really going to give Jake Hayner? I mean, because Jake got all the, yeah. he got the second most snaps and Jacob Eason got very, very little. So, you know, what are they going to do with Jacob Eason? How much are they going to make him sweat and earn this thing? So it'll be interesting yeah. to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I mean, how many reps are Colson Yankoff and Jacob Sermon going to get? And how many reps is Dylan Morris? He didn't enroll just to sit on the bench and study. You know, I mean, it's this is going to be an interesting situation where, where Washington is going to have to figure out how many reps. Luckily, in spring, this is all about trying things out, figuring out combinations and who does what best and who, who fits where and who needs more reps and who needs less and things like that. I have a feeling, you know, I don't know how this is going to work, but I have a feeling that one day Jake Hayner and Jake Eason are going to, Jacob Eason are going to be the one and two, getting almost all the reps with the first and second units. And then I think the next day it'll be Colson Yankoff and Jacob Sermon uh, getting the most reps, you know, getting reps. And then uh, Dylan Morris will get all the third team reps. But, but you know, I, I'm I'm going to be real interested to see how they work this and and uh, who gets the most reps as the spring football progresses. Yeah, over the next week, Chris Fetters leaves today for Arizona. <laughs> Weather's not great down in Arizona. He'll be covering the Arizona State Washington basketball game on 
Thursday, and then the uh, Arizona-Washington game is on Saturday. And um, where's it the other way around? It's Arizona on uh I don't know. You're the basketball guy, Kim. (laughs) Yeah, Arizona Thursday. Arizona State on Saturday. So Chris Fetters will be down there covering it live. Washington the following week. Washington's pretty much off all week long as they uh, have one game uh, the following Saturday. So they get almost a full week off uh, the next Saturday back at Washington State before they come back home for Utah and Colorado. So they'll have some time off after the Arizona road trip team has failed to crack the top 25 but it doesn't matter just win that's all it's going to take not really too worried about that so uh six games left is it six games uh arizona schools colorado utah so they have five six seven left they've got the um bay area trips i lost count i think they have nine games left so uh (laughs) yeah i'd have to look at the schedule again but i think they have nine games left so Anyways, uh, spring football will start right around April 1st, but signing day will be on it bright and early. What time are you starting uh, tomorrow morning, Scott? Uh, I should be up between 5 and 6 because that's when the letters can start coming in. Is around, uh, well, if Puka Nakua send, does send his uh, stuff in, it'll be he can send it in as early, I believe, as 5 a.m. our time, 6 a.m. Pacific Coast time. So that'll be uh, the first guy. Then you got Henry To'oto, Daniel Hainmuli later in the later in the day, late morning, early afternoon, and uh, and Jaden Williams um, is actually supposed to make a decision tonight and and release his his. Uh, video his commitment video so we'll have to see what happens there yeah and usually the day before things start leaking out so i'm sure there'll be lots of rumors and a lot of stuff going on so just keep an eye on the message boards um that's uh best place to find out what's going on and if there's nothing going on on the boards and you're not seeing anything from us it just means nothing's going on and we don't know anything so we're not keeping secrets trust me no I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, it's just when the news happens, we'll put it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that hard, you know. So At this point, at this point that we just have to wait on the kids at this yeah. point. We can give you all the rumors we want, but the, what's really going to happen is over the next 24 hours is when we'll know a lot. When will the news happen, Scott? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when it happens it's news that's why they call it news yep. so anyways uh for all of us at dogman.com i'm kim grenolds along with scott eckland go dogs